Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast, where our goal is to stay hungry, to get better, and to move the meter. My name is Josiah Igano, and whether you're looking to improve physically, to get fed spiritually, or to challenge yourself mentally, we're digging deep to find those gems, and we're going to find them. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. Man, I am so, uh, I'm so excited uh, for today. I'm joined with a very good friend, uh, brother in the Lord, uh, mentor, uh, Pastor Glenn Denard. Uh, Pastor, Pastor D, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm doing very good. <laughs> how are you, Josiah? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, man, you, you're one of those people that and I've said this multiple times so this is uh, this is not me you know what I'm saying sugarcoating I've I've said this multiple times to multiple people like you're one of those people that when you know how there's some people that when you walk into a room when they walk into a room everybody's like oh man here here come here come this guy you know what I'm saying like he, he bringing he bringing that dark cloud with him you know what I'm saying and then and then there's other people that when when they walk into a room and you're not especially when you're not expecting them you just light the whole place up and everybody just starts smiling and you're you're that guy so I, I'm I'm doing much better now that you're on the screen talking virtually. <laughs> oh. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we go all the way back. I remember uh, young Josiah struggling at Arizona State University uh, to get on the football field. And you worked your way on the field and started playing nickelback. For our non-football people, that was, you know, part-time DB. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you worked so hard, a couple of things happened. You get on the field more and more, and then you end up starting the rest of the season. And I remember that whole journey. Uh, it was quite a journey for you. That was our beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, before this podcast, I was thinking about that. And, you know, you came into my life. I, I believe that, you know, God will send uh, certain people uh, into your lives, uh, into your life um, uh, for very important times. And, you know, I had some low moments there. Um, and. Yeah. You know, besides my parents, I think you were one of the main people that uh, it was just so fitting uh, when you when you when you walked in, you know, uh, and the encouraging their encouraging words, uh, the the breath of life. I mean, I'll, I'll never I'll never forget that. And so I thank God for you. Um, so, yeah, that's those, those were those were I mean, I was 19, 19, 20 years old, you know, Um you know, when I first met you. So for those of you that don't, that don't know, Pastor Denard, you're very, you know, you're very uh, humble, humble man. Um, but you've accomplished a lot of great things. Um, your family is is uh, is one of the most well-known families in in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I mean, you've had you, your brothers, you know, um, uh, your, you know, nephews, nieces, uh, daughters, sons. I mean, all of you are in everywhere from uh, the world of politics in the White House um, to the NFL um, to, you know, just doing things of, of renown in our country, man. Where does that where, where does that stem from? Where did, where did that begin? Who's responsible for all that? Well, we we tend to thank you for that. First of all, we tend to give the credit to my my, my father, to Deacon Walter Denard. He passed away in uh, 2004, and the story is um, he was a military man, kind of a self-made man, and 
an, an enlisted man who uh, got all the way to the drill sergeant rank, and then he self-taught himself refrigeration technician while he was in the military. Hmm. And about the 10th year of him being in the military, and he saw that glass ceiling, and he kept, and he was stationed in Germany, and he kept looking at the United States weather report. And the weather report would say, Phoenix, Arizona, 100 degrees. <laughs> and his brain just said, hey, if they're gonna need refrigeration in Phoenix. So when he came back to to the states in Albany, Georgia, or I think it was one of those cities in in Georgia, he told the family, says, "Hey, I'm going to Phoenix, Arizona," and they thought he was crazy. He packed up all his children and wife. I wasn't born yet, and they came across town. He he got out of the military, and he got here and he got a job uh, working in Sears and Roebuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, driving the van around, fixing on appliances, one of the only black men in the valley doing that. And so when he uh, he was able to do that, he um, he raised us successfully, and he just began to start the process of creating a name in the Valley of the Sun, as we call Phoenix, uh, that we're standing on to this day. And we're so proud of him because... Uh, by the time he got into his 50s, he um, he started his own business in refrigeration, Denard Service and Repair. But before that, he was a deacon, he was an athletic coach, uh, just just a general, all-around, wonderful, great guy who uh, just took care of his children and, and raised us right. So that's the foundation that's the beginning. That's awesome. That's just, um, it's, you know, I, 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 be, I believe that in order to understand what something is, you have to go to the, to the origin, to the beginnings. And, and, it, may, and it makes so much sense, you know, uh, it makes so right. much sense. Um, I remember uh, when I was doing inner city ministry, I believe I was with Steve Lappin, and we were going to a lot of different churches in the valley. And I, and I believe I met your father. Um, I think that was one okay. time I had met him and, and I just remember him being so warm uh, and he was in the trenches, man. He had his sleeves rolled up and he was I think he was helping out with the church floors. Um, he was doing something on the church floors uh, and he was just so warm and present. And I see that in you and it just it just makes so much sense. Yeah, my dad was a worker, so and he was chairman of the deacon board. So I'm a pastor and I've been a pastor now 30 years. Can you believe that? 30 wow. years. Wow. Wow. So, so my dad was a very active uh, deacon, and, and here I am, a pastor. Well, people don't like their pastor getting their hands dirty. But in my brain, you know, my dad was a worker. Mm-hmm. I'm not better than my dad. Mm-hmm. So I get down and dirty with it, too. I try to I'll do anything from yard work to mopping the floor to Sweeping the floor just like I know he would, you yeah. know, at the local church. So, no, that's, that's how I, you met him. You met him in his element. Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. I um, you know, we look at the. The the and and it's it's an awesome legacy and we see that lived out very strong you know in the Denard name so that's something to be proud of and and I thank you for sharing that. Um, we look at the you know the 
the world landscape right now uh, in the middle of this pandemic. And this term social distancing has become, uh, as you mentioned, uh, a new norm. And as a pastor, I wanted I wanted you to give us some insight um, because many people come through your congregation through the years. You know, uh, many people have come under your tutelage and your in, under your mentorship through the years, and you build a, a rapport, you build a relationship with them, and and one day they go off, they go off, they get married, they go off to different parts of the country, different parts of the world, and you, in essence, are you know. Uh, um, maintaining this uh, relationship from afar. You are shepherding from afar. What is the biggest correlation with that concept and what you see going on right now in the world, right? Um, I love you. I care about you. I'm here for you, but I can't connect with you in the present up close. Give us some insight there. So it's very interesting we bring that up because over the years, I have, um, you know, had to work out uh, marriage conversations, counseling sessions, and sometimes people are in two different locations, etc. And so I've been able to, you know, to have to, you know, be concerned about uh, sometimes kind of pseudo virtual. Um, meetings. So I um, come into this pandemic and now I really have to deal with it all the time where I'm, if, you know, I have to share uh, like this Zoom meetings. I have to get on conference calls. I got to get people connected. We got to have meetings because I can't always meet in person. But what I found out is that I was already doing it. I was already doing whatever I had to do to communicate with the couples, especially in my marriage ministry, the couples that I was having to counsel, where I was already doing it with the young men and women who, like you just said, were across the country and needed to speak with Pastor Denard. And we would have that long phone conversation or a very long text conversation through text or even email. So it just made me hone into that skill and, um, focus on it on a whole nother level. And, um, uh, but what, what I thought at the beginning of this pandemic was going to be a problem has turned out to be something that I'm very used to and very comfortable with. I, I just, it just forced me to, to do it more often. Wow. That's, that's, a it's crazy. I mean, we, I would have never thought about that. And it, and it's, it's it's something that um, it's very intriguing when you think about um, that a lot of uh, you and you said it a lot of um, these answers in times of crisis a lot of these answers uh, in times of confusion um, can be found in what we are already doing um, right. ju- just looking at it in, in a different way um, absolutely I, you're you're a pastor um, you are somebody who. He deals with grief. You're somebody who deals with uh, jubilee. You're somebody who, um, you know, you're, you 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 have to parse through so many different emotions. Um, right. Not only yours personally, but the, the those right. of the people you're dealing with. Um, I have a question for you, and I think a lot of people would be interested to hear the answer uh, from your standpoint. Um, what do you do? 
and you and I have talked about this before, what do you do in times of crisis? What do you do and say, right, in times of uh, crisis? For instance, somebody passes away. You know, what do you do? What do you, what do you say? Do, do you say, you know, can you say too much? Can you say too little? How are people going to, you know, perceive, you know, my heart? Um, uh, this is a very broad question, but I think a lot That's of people... That's a great question. You pl- please. No, I didn't, oh, okay. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you was giving it to me. Um, that's <laughs> a great question, Josiah, because uh, no matter what, I'm still dealing with the the jubilant, you know, and the 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 tribulation, as you kind of put it. Uh, I'm still dealing with life, and I'm still dealing with death. I'm still dealing with hospitalization. I'm still dealing with the phone call. Pray for my family. Pray. Pray for my family member that's around the corner and pray for my family member that's across the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, you know, it's funny thing about pastoring. When you get the call to the person on the other end, it's the most important call of the day. Mm. I, I may have had 20 calls that day just like that. But to that person, they are reaching out to me and they want my full attention and they want to get a breakthrough, a prayer through. Yes. So... To, to get back to the point of your, um, your question, yeah, uh, what do you say? Well, the first thing in, that's helped me is that I've learned to stop. I've learned to be still. I've learned to wait on the voice of God, you know, to, to, to see if God has a specific word for a specific situation that we're going through. And, and he usually gives me a word, um, you know, in, in this specific time, I've had like three major uh, funerals and they all have been very sensitive and very shocking, all quick, uh, surprising deaths. And, uh, um, hold on. Somebody's trying to call me. I don't know if that disrupted the link or not. No, you're, you're good. This this is organic. Um, this is live, baby. <laughs> Life doesn't stop. <laughs> so, so yeah, exactly. So when when I get those that call about the, the death of a loved one during a season like this, man, it is it is this is like I'll say it like this. This is like the worst time to die. I I hate to be so blunt blunt about it, but this is like the worst time. For families, you can't get together and have the normal visitations that you're used to, the comfortability to be able to hang on and hold on to one another. Mm. Family members can't just jump and come across country. Some of them are hesitant to do that, you know, and um, it's it's become a, a, a interesting time. But what I tell people all the time and what I have learned is when someone's in the middle of their grief, first of all, you want to be honest with them. Uh, and, and, and then you don't have to have the answer. You just, they just want to know you care. They want to know that, man, I, I, my, it's called the ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I don't know how to make you feel better. I don't know really what to say, 
But my God, my brother, my sister, I'm here and I just want to pray with you. I want to cry with you. I just want to stand next to you. I want to hug you um, just to let you know that I'm walking through this with you. I don't have, sometimes the worst thing to do is to have all, try to have all the answers. You can come across preachy. You can come across really not connecting with their their heart and their hurt. Um, I find myself saying it repetitively, like, listen, what I'm about to say may not uh, make you feel good, but I, you know, uh, or I'll say things like, I'm not sure what to say right now, my friend, but uh, I'm here for you. I just want you to know that God loves you. And uh, what you're going through is tough. I don't try to make people feel like, well, you know, you know, our famous thing. Well, you know, they're going to heaven. Yeah, you ought yeah. be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, look, not when I'm hurting, not when I'm missing them. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want you to tell me what I know. Yeah. Christians have that bad. We like to ride in with what we know. And people already know. And so you don't have to ride in with the, hey, you know, everything's great. Mm-hmm. They're going to heaven. You know, no, sometimes I don't want to hear that. And and then I got another little thing that I talk about that kind of messes with people's theology. Because what we want to do is everybody that dies, we want to say, well, the Lord knew best and the Lord took them and, and God knows. And well, some well, there's the scripture that says the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. And Jesus says, I came that you might have life and having that life more abundantly. Well, you got to do something with that scripture. And that sometimes it feels like someone's been stolen from us. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like the thief came in the middle of the night and took someone. And um, I'm okay with that because there's other scriptures that make make me okay with the fact that someone may have died too soon or they may have died and it wasn't their time. Mm-hmm. Because in this life, we have we still have will. We still have our will to disobey or obey God. And we want to blame everything on either God or the devil. And and 80% of our problems come from you. Why owe you? It's what I did, my sin, my mistake, my choice. And and so so someone may slip away uh and 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 transition and die but the bible says in romans i believe it's the 14th chapter that whether we live or whether we die we die unto the lord uh whether we he is the god of the living and the dead Mm -hmm. you gotta go see that that scripture man it's romans 14 and and 8 i believe 8 and 9 and that's a that's a powerful scripture so that's why uh when our when grandmama dies it, the world doesn't end because grandmama been praying for you all her life and her prayers can still come true. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not in the land of the living, she's still, she's still subject to our God, though she may be off the earth scene. Yeah. That makes sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's where you get to, for we know uh, all things work together, but for them that love God and are called according to his birth. Didn't say all things were good, mm-hmm. but God's working it out. He he's got he's on the outside, Josiah. He created 
everything. So he's on the outside, which includes time. So he's on the outside of time making all of these um, things work out for us. And so we're the ones looking at our watch and looking at the calendar saying, okay, God, you said it was mine. He said, it's yours. He's not, he doesn't operate on time. Yeah. He's outside of time. He's God. Mm -hmm. He's Alpha and Omega at the same time. He's the beginning and the ending at the same time. He's the first and the last at the same time. Amen. Amen. So, (laughs) So we're caught up with our human stuff. And God's already said, Josiah, you've gotten this. Josiah, you, you're going to be a doctoral student. What? Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pastor, Pastor Nard, you're going to pastor a church for 30 years. I can't see that. You know, we're the ones putting our doubt into it. But, but it's done the moment God says it's done. Whether it's manifested on the earth realm or not, it's done. So That's awesome. I yeah. hope that... I kind of ran. I don't know if I stayed on the subject or not. You start, no, it was good. You you answered the question and you, and you started preaching as a preacher should. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as, as, as the pastor should. No, that's great. That's great. Um, um, no, I, I think what you said is very powerful just in terms of sometimes you don't have the answers, you know, in times of crisis and you, you, you become very um, authentic. Uh, not become because you, you, you already are authentic. You are who you are. Um, but those words of I don't know. Um, it's tough right now. Um, you know, God loves you. I love you. Uh, I think that that's um, very comforting. And, and you said it best, the ministry of presence. Hey, my presence is my ministry. I'm here. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I, yes, I, may, I may not be able to change anything, but but you have a shoulder to lean on. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And that's a really uh, great reminder and good insight. Um, you know, during this time of, you know, uh, just stay at home alone together, uh, whatever hashtag you want to use. Right. Um, what is your advice? I mean, you have a big family, um, and, uh, some people are alone. Um, but this is more specifically for those who are, you know, with their kids for the first time for multiple days on end, um, with their spouse for the first time for multiple days on end weeks on end. Um, what is your advice for, for health, healthily, um, abiding and living together, um, you know, during this time, because people, some people are going crazy. Some people are going bored or getting bored. Some people are, you know, getting at each other, you know, um, how do you healthily separate that, uh, in a, in a confined space? What, what advice do you have for us? Okay. Um, well, in dealing with the pandemic in general, we have to every day, multiple times a day, we have to remind ourselves, are we operating in fear or are we operating on faith? And the reason, unfortunately, the reason we have to continually remind ourselves of that is because the media outlets are being <laughs> extremely uh, fearful in their rhetoric. Uh the, the most of the news channels are all they post are the deaths and the, how many cases. And if someone dies anywhere remotely associated with coronavirus, they put it in the category of coronavirus. And I'm not really sure that's actually the true number. But right now, that's what they're going to do. If, if you have a heart or lung situation, they're going to probably put you in the category of coronavirus. And uh, 
So it's just a lot of negativity. Um, but so the Christian has to remind himself that that's not of God. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and wisdom, a sound mind. Um, and so we can't get swept up with the the fear of the pandemic now, but he did give us wisdom. So, so rather, rather than be fearful, I'm going to operate in wisdom and I will glove up. I will put the gloves on. I will wear a mask and I'm not going to be, uh, I don't want to feel like I'm dishonoring God by putting on gloves and putting on a mask because I'm also trying to be a good neighbor. I'm also trying not to spread something to somebody else that I'm unaware of that I might be carrying. So all of these things are, are fitting, uh, but I do it in wisdom, not in fear. Um, one of my members said to me before we closed our campus, pastor, every time I come to church, I'm, I'm very, um, anxious and um i said mid-sentence i stopped this young person i said you shouldn't come to church because you should come to church with peace and with confidence that you're doing something that you're comfortable with uh so if we're doing things outside of the presence and the power and the godfidence of god then then what are we doing so I'm going to pull back and I'm going to operate on faith. I'm going to pull back and I'm going to find my faith walk. I'm going to pull back in the middle of the storm and find where I'm steady. And then I'm going to operate. So then when it comes to your personal family life, you know, bruh, <laughs> look, I'm just like you, man. I, I went way over my ability when I found my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't have the, the, the typical problems that I think people have. So my wife and I enjoying each other. She's working from home. And, and, and the first thing I did was try to figure out a place to put all of her work uh, machinery and computers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whatnot to make sure that she was comfortable uh, but that doesn't stop, you know, I don't have young children, but I have grandchildren and they're coming by and they're here now and they're running around and, and, but I, we go for walks, we go to the park, we go to different things and go outside, you know, we, there's a dog here. Marche has a dog, man. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord. What kind of dog is it? What kind of dog is it? He got a, a, a pit. Oh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> so the pit, you know, the pit is involved and the kids are training the, the pit bull and, and he's training the dog and there's feeding it going on. And Ron and I try to go uh, for a walk every day, uh, you know, to about, about a, we end up going about a mile, maybe two miles every day. And uh, just trying to, do things that are healthy, but at the same time, enjoy one another. So I don't, I don't know if I can relate to people that all of a sudden have found out that now that 
they are spending all this time in the same house. They don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it, yeah. Everybody. It, I'm very. I'm. <laughs> I'm fortunate. We we still like each other. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody is uh, at different places. I mean. Um, yeah. you, you're a, you're naturally a, a, a people person and you just love people. And so it's, it's hard not to uh, get along uh, when you're in the room. So, um, no, I, I think that that's well said. What would you say as we get ready to close? What would you say are some um, some parting words? You know, obviously, you're a pastor. Um, you're you're a man of faith. Uh, and not everybody that's listening to this is is, you know, shares the same, you know, belief system. Um but but what what encouragement would you give to somebody in terms of what they do believe in, you know, or what they don't believe in yeah. uh, during this time of, of crisis, self-reflection uh, and just um, restlessness in the country? Well, this is definitely a time to draw near to God. And um, so whether you have an absence of a relationship with him or whether you have a relationship with God, this is a time for you to draw closer. No one is exempt. Everyone should draw closer. Now, I think it's very clear that the Bible already has some scriptures out there. In Exodus, he talks about, uh, uh, I'm going to put the blood over your doorposts, and if I see the blood, I'm going to allow this plague to pass over your house. Um I mean, they literally had it back then, but now we kind of spiritually need to apply the, the blood of Christ at the, the back door, the front door, the windows of our homes, uh, spiritually speaking, that we pronounce our home as a, as a house of God and the protection of God is upon it. And we should trust and believe that the same uh, blood that covers us is the same blood that covered the children of Israel all those years ago in the Bible. Uh, the Bible also talks about if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray uh, and turn from their wicked ways and seek uh, my face, I will uh, hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I mean, there's a whole lot of steps in there, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but, but, but you got to get in there and and humble yourselves and and pray and and turn from some things you're doing that ain't right. Right now is a perfect time to turn from some stuff because now you don't have access to it. You can't go out and find the weed man. Yeah. <laughs> he's on quarantine. He's on quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting, Josiah, though, that they made sure the liquor stores stayed open. But anyway, yeah, yeah, you wow. know, yeah, <laughs> you know, there are some natural things that we're not able to do. But I think that's God trying to show us how irrelevant those things were, mm -hmm. and that's the things we need to turn from as we turn to God and and seek Him uh, more uh, than we have in the past. And He says if He says it multiple times in the Bible, if you just pray, if you anything you ask in My name, I will do it. What we have to apply is our faith. What we have to apply is our belief. Do we believe that God's going to do it? And I just do. I believe in the ability of God to rescue me, to heal me, to deliver me, to protect me, uh, uh, calm me down, uh, 
Restore me. Whatever the situation is that I'm in need of, I believe that God is able to do it. And hopefully in life uh, during this season that we remember that uh, the word is already here. It's already spoken. Mm -hmm. He's already covered us. He's already prepared us. Uh, in the word for moments like this. This is not new to mankind. It's new to our generation, but this isn't new to man. Man has been dealing with pestilences and plagues and problems and tribulations and trials, all mankind. Mm -hmm. Now we finally are dealing with something. And let's see, what say you, Josiah? What say you, Glendon Art? Are you going to lose your mind or are you going to operate in faith? Are you going to continue to call on the name of the God in the midst of the tribulation. And I, I just really think that's the challenge that we're under. And I hope and pray that everybody accepts the challenge and uh, go with God. Yeah, go I think, God. no, thank you for sharing that. I think, I think that's a very good reminder um, um, to some, to, 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 to many. And I think it's a challenge and a charge Um you know, uh, to many as well to re-examine uh, where, where their uh, faith and where their belief system lies. And so um, I really appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Um, thank you My so much, man. man. I tell you what, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, uh, God brings certain people into your lives for certain reasons. I re People say that. Absolutely. I, I believe it. I mean, when I, uh, when I met you, um, it was at a very, it, it, it was a turning point in my, in my life. Uh, I could have gone right. I could have gone left, you know, um, and you were there to hold me up. Um, you also were the same person. You were there in both times of tribulation and times of triumph. You not only were one of the individuals that um, lifted me up in a very um, difficult time in my life, but you were also uh, the individual who um, was there for you know one of the most joyous moments in my life. Uh, you know when I got married to my wife, and, and you were right there. You officiated the wedding, uh, and so I thank God for you. Um, I'm very uh, blessed to have you in my life, and I know that you're a, a blessing um, to so many people, to multitudes of people. So thank you again for taking the time, Pastor. Man, I love you, brother. Bless you. You and the children and the family. <laughs>